Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon. This is the fourth episode in the co-pilot series where we can chat about making the plant-based lifestyle more doable, especially while facing the common challenges and roadblocks we all face on our journey to better health and weight loss. Today's guest lives in China. China! I just, I really need to emphasize that she lives in China. She's a real testament that you can make the meal plan and eating plant-based work anywhere. So we're going to be talking a lot about her living in China. Her life is an expat. She's lived all over the world and just sort of making it work with what you have. So please join me in welcoming Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hey, Nihal. <laughs> How's it going? Good. Oh, fun! funny thing before I forget. One of the things that you told me before we jumped on the podcast was about you were learning Chinese and you found the translation of, I think, butter to be kind of funny slash interesting. So maybe you can tell us about that real quick before I forget. Yeah, well, I was working with my Chinese teacher and, and it, somehow butter came up in the conversation and he translated it for me. And the literal translation of butter in Mandarin is cow oil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny when those things happen. You're like, oh, oh. But it's it's um, a very accurate uh, description. <laughs> it, it, it really is, yeah. I'd never thought of it that way, but now that I've thought of it that way, I will never look at it differently. I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Cow oil. Ew. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> okay. So, of course, our big topic today <laughs> is about making it work in crazy places. And that's one thing that I always hear from people is that, oh, I live in a small town or I live in this remote area, so I don't think I can follow the meal plans or I don't think I can be plant-based. And I can understand how it can feel like really frustrating, but the reality is, is there's people all over the world like yourself that are making it work. And I actually lived in the Caribbean on a small, tiny little island for a year and wrote a whole plant-based cookbook there. So I'm like, oh, trust me, you can make it work anywhere. But you're really making it work because not only are you in China, which the food landscape is very different, but you also, it's, you know, Chinese isn't your first language. So you can't even kind of like read the ingredients. When I live in France, I can at least kind of read the labels and even if I don't know it in French I can kind of figure it out but when I was in Asia and I looked at a package I was like what (laughs) like there's no trying to figure it out so I guess tell us a little bit about what it's like living in China and how you're making it work well you know it's it's interesting essentially when I moved here I didn't realize that I would be functionally illiterate um you know as, as you said Going to other well, and I was in Dubai, and things there were written in Arabic, but everyone spoke English, and all the packaging was in English, and so that that made it easier. But coming here, it was really difficult because I, I couldn't read anything, I couldn't talk to anyone, um, and I, you know, like you said, you go and you look at a package, you're like, I have no clue what is in this. Um, and so, fortunately, though, um, being an expat, you know, there I do have access to some some Western grocery stores, and you know, and. Thank God for iPhones because right. on my iPhone I have, a, I have a translator app and so I can put in a character and you know look at it or scan it and figure out what things are. And so I think, think it just takes effort and, and work to be able to do it. And I think that's where a lot of people give up is because it does take a lot of effort to try to figure out what things are. And so if you see something that you know, you're like, oh, I'll just buy that mm-hmm. rather than trying to figure out what kale is. Right. Um, you know, by, by finding the character and or asking someone, you know, to translate it for you and they can't quite do it. So it just, it takes a bit more persistence when you, when you're illiterate. <laughs> and did you have that experience? Cause I know you lived in Venezuela for a while too. I did Venezuela. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest differences between 
between the states and Venezuela and, and the UAE and here is that produce is still is much more seasonal in mm -hmm. China and it was much more seasonal in, in Venezuela as well. And so a lot of times, you know, if I'm looking for blueberries, I'm not going to find them when it's not blueberry season. Right. Um, and so, you know, so you're, you're much more at the mercy of seasonal produce, which is actually, you know, probably the way it should be. Um, but you have to, you have to work around the fact that it's, you know, strawberry season here is from December to March. And so in April and May, I'm not going to find strawberries. It's just not going to happen. And so you have to be able to, to work with that or pay more for frozen strawberries or, you know, work around, find something that you can use instead. And so you have to get creative with, with the substitutions for fruits and vegetables when things are out of season. That's a really interesting point because we really do, I think, take a for granted in America that we can have pretty much anything all year round now. Granted, strawberries taste better certain times of the year when they're, you know, in season locally. But you can still, like you said, get strawberries. I can get watermelon right now. It's January and I can go to the grocery store and get watermelon. I don't really want watermelon in January and it doesn't really taste all that good in January, but it's still there. And I think that's just something a lot of people don't realize isn't a global experience. I mean, it's I don't even think you see this as much in Canada, which is just a little north, but every other place, every other country I've lived, it's like you said, it's very seasonal. And uh, when the season's over, that's it. You might, like you said, maybe there's a frozen option, but really, <laughs> you know, that this is it. It's seasonal. And um, of course, the upside is when it comes, it's the best. It tastes really great. And you really kind of appreciate it. Like I joke that I'll only eat pumpkin things in October because even though I can have pumpkin stuff year round, pumpkin's always at my supermarket. If I eat it all year round, I don't quite enjoy it as much as I do in October around Thanksgiving and stuff. So um, I love that you pointed that out. And also that there always is sort of a seasonal equivalent. So one of the things like I'll do is if something normally has green beans, but I have asparagus in my CSA box or it's on sale, you know, you can just substitute in the asparagus. And so, and I imagine you have to do that a lot there. I know when I was in Asia, there were so many different kinds of like fruits and vegetables and especially like green vegetables that I had never seen before that were clearly indigenous to the area and are never going to come to America, which is a bummer for me, but I got to enjoy them when I was over there. But I also found like, oh, well this, you know, I usually use, you know, kale in this recipe and there's no kale in Japan, but there was this other sort of, you know, cruciferous <laughs> grainy leafy thing that was just as good and work just as well. So do you do that a lot? I do. Um, you know, when I find things that, you know, just I just sub things and I'm like, well, I've got Lotus. Great. Let's put this in or I have this. Let's try it. And so I, I've, I've found, unless you do something that's wacky and off the wall, most of the times if you have something green and leafy and you substitute it in for something else that's green and leafy, <laughs> right. it's not a problem. Right. Yeah, exactly. It works. Yeah. Now I know. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so, oh, one thing that's really, I feel I also need to point out is we're recording right now. I am in Los Angeles at Wednesday at four o'clock, almost getting ready for dinner. And Jenny, what time is it where you are? It is 8.09 on Thursday morning. <laughs> so we're not even in the same day. No, we're not. But I'm, I can go to sleep restful tonight knowing that Thursday will come. Thursday's coming and it's it's sunny and beautiful and <laughs> still oatmeal with strawberries for breakfast it's all good <laughs> so you can definitely get oats there then 
I can, yeah. Fortunately, and you know, and, and one thing that I think people can take advantage of in the states that I do as well here is you can get things like iHerb.com. Not to not to advertise for websites, but I can, order, <laughs> I can get online. I can order silk oats. I can get maple syrup online. Um, you know, and so in the in that's the really states, true. Just, it blows it blows my mind that people are like, oh, I can't get X Y Z because you can get X Y Z if you have a computer, you can get it. Um, you know, and so it's it's possible. And yeah, here I can get oats. I mean, they maybe they're from Australia. Okay, yeah, that's closer. No <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely doable and feasible. And maybe it costs a little bit more. Sometimes a lot of my um, coworkers and friends will complain about, oh, I just paid eight dollars for for oatmeal. I'm like, well, but you had to buy the plane ticket for the oatmeal to get here. So true, very if that's true. That's what you want to eat. You know, and I still uh, using meal plans. I still spend significantly less money um, than I would otherwise. I mean, it's just produce here is is quite reasonable and inexpensive and my my grocery bill since because i've been i discovered meal plans back in november and i I spend so much less money on food oh that's good to hear vegetables yeah i do yeah i was talking with a woman today who's in hawaii and hawaii is horrendously expensive for food as i know from what i lived on an island because everything has to be flown in very little can be grown and so i it's like you said you're paying for that plane ticket for everything and that was the funny thing for me when i lived on the island is i really didn't have the option to do the online ordering one this was a few years ago before sort of like the internet ordering was really kind of like amazon just wasn't as dominating back then but also because it was this tiny little island um, you know, it wasn't a big country. Planes don't come in that much. And the way mail worked is you paid by weight. So you are you paid whatever it was to order it online. And then the post office charged you for like every month you got a bill for how much your mail came in. So I even got to the point where I was telling my family never to even send me like birthday cards or Christmas cards or anything <laughs> because I had to pay for it. Like it wasn't just like their postage of $4 to send it to the Caribbean. I then had like another fee that I had to pay. And like one time my friend sent me a book and she meant it to be like this really sweet gift. And it was funny because the book was $9.99 or that's what it said on the jacket. And I had seen on her stamps from the American Postal Service that she'd spent about $5.99 to mail it to me. Well, then there was the my end. I had to pay like 26 euros. Um in in weight so basically this 990 book was like a 50 dollar <laughs> book when it was done and so i so i didn't even have the mail option and i still found that to be fine like there were a few things when my friends came to visit i was like oh my god please put nutritional yeast in your suitcase but otherwise yeah it, it's it does the world has really kind of changed we're like a big global village now and that's oh, yeah. really really exciting especially and especially in america we i mean I live in this tiny little cabin in the woods in the winter, and I don't get mail at all up there, but the UPS man comes. <laughs> it's just so The like, UPS man will find you. Yeah, he yeah, knows where you are. He knows where I am. <laughs> I was like, well, if something ever happened to me, the UPS man would know. He so, would know. Yeah, he would come and dig you out and give you a package. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, it's it's really, it's interesting. And I don't live by a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's for a lot of the year. I'm in one right now because I'm in LA, but most of the year I'm not by them at all, especially when I'm in France. They don't know what that is. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like I just, I find that I get almost everything I need at a farmer's market or just a regular store. And I think people are like, oh, well, my store doesn't have vegan substitutes like vegan cheese. But that was my favorite thing about living in the Caribbean is I never had access to junk food. So I had to cook healthy, right. fresh meat. Yeah, and that's and I can't get 
get that stuff here. I can't get vegan cheese, but honestly, I don't want to eat vegan cheese. Cause right. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a big plate of strawberries and green beans and those kinds of things, yes. And so I, I think there, we, I don't necessarily have access to those vegan convenience foods. And that's been great because it, it keeps it out of my diet. Yes. Yeah. Which is good. I know I kind of considered that a gift when I was in the Caribbean because I feel like that was the healthiest year of our life because we just <laughs> had to eat such perfectly clean, healthy food. And there wasn't even restaurants that I could really go to. There was like one sushi place that I'd finally explain to them how to make cucumber sushi, but um, it, was, it was like not very exciting and it was expensive. So I was like, oh yeah, sometimes I need to like not be my worst enemy and oh sure why not get the vegan marshmallows at Whole Foods it's okay um so that is yeah no so, that was another thing I think the one time I like begged somebody to bring me and they're like I went to Whole Foods and it was seven dollars and I'm not bringing it okay there's no more vegan junk food for me so one thing that when we were emailing about uh you living in china before the podcast is one thing you said and i just i loved this is that a willingness and being forgiving when things don't always go 100 the way you wanted with regard to food you just keep at it and that's true anywhere in the world so maybe you can talk a little bit about how these experiences that you've been in and how you've sort of identified and developed this uh, mantra for yourself. Yeah, well, you know, I think sometimes when, you know, I've had lots of friends over the years that that have been vegan, you know, before I before I really, really wholeheartedly adopted things, I was probably doing vegan stuff 95% of the time. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd, let the, you'd let it go and I thought, well, I could never fully embrace this because I live in China, it's hard. If I go out to a restaurant, maybe I'm going to end up with some soup and I ordered vegetable soup but it's got chicken broth in it and so you know I can't do this and really okay so I go to a restaurant and I and I you know I feel like if I'm trying to do it and if my if my heart is in it I'm trying to do the right things I'm trying to eat the right things if I accidentally get some chicken broth in a soup well I, I don't need to beat myself up for it right you know and it's there's some things that are just out of your control and so when when things are in my control like I stay home I can make my own food I eat or I go to restaurants that I know I can ask someone in English please leave the cheese off of that great vegetable sandwich, um, that, that, that's great. And there will be times when that just won't happen. And I can either be self-accusatory and be angry with myself because I I messed up and I, I didn't do it 100% today, or I can just let it go. I mean, one you know one day where something didn't go the way that I wanted to, it's, it's going to be okay. It's I think it's the totality of the mindset of I want to eat clean every day, and I will do that as much as possible. And if, if there are times when, when that doesn't happen, I don't have to beat myself up for it. It's, it's going to be all right. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's extremely important to keep in perspective, especially when you are either traveling or you're in a different place where you don't speak the language and you don't know the culture. Because that's happened to me too. Even I mean, even in America where I'm in my own country speaking my native language to another native speaker and my food has come out wrong or they just didn't understand. Now, go to another place with another language and another culture and you're just creating all these more variables and possibilities for things to go wrong. And one of my favorite stories to tell is I was in Mexico with my sister and we both speak pretty decent Spanish and we went through our long list of things we don't eat. We listed by name like, you know, chicken and pork and steak. I mean, we did the whole list explaining we only ate vegetables, we only eat fruits, etc. And they wanted to serve us tongue tacos. Because <laughs> they just... <laughs> didn't see tongue as a meat or a fish or like 
And they just couldn't right. understand that why we didn't want the tongue tacos. And I was like, I, no, I really don't want just Bring me beans. <laughs> but it's like, that happens yeah. all the time. Or another time I was in France, and again, I speak, I happened to speak French. And I was going on and on about all the things that I didn't eat. I said I didn't eat dairy. I didn't eat butter. I didn't eat cheese. I went through the whole list. And the guy brings out this vegetable dish. And as soon as I tasted it, I could taste the ghee. And it just, it never occurred to him that ghee, which happens to be clarified butter, but he calls it ghee in his mind because he's from India. He just had no concept of that it was dairy and it was something I wouldn't want. Because it to him, it wasn't butter or cheese or milk or cream. It was ghee. It was yeah. ghee. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the tongue. What do you mean? It's not meat. It's tongue. <laughs> So I think yeah, that, that, that happens all yeah. the time too, you know, like you'll ask for something and, you know, a green beans and they'll come out seasoned with pork. I mean, that's it. So you just have to be mindful and careful that and know that that's going to happen sometimes mm-hmm. and be prepared to deal with it. Yeah, that was tuna, like canned tuna ends up on salads all the time. It's the craziest thing. I'm like, but I didn't order. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're just like, uh, but yeah, it definitely happens and. Um, I know I'm sure I always try my like you said I try my best but sometimes if I'm at a restaurant and I see like bread on the table you know I'll just eat it and it's like oh I totally forgot you know I and half the time you know it's probably fine there's probably not anything in a piece of bread but there could be and I know that when I was the first time I went to Italy I had no idea that there were pork products and focaccia it never even occurred to me to investigate that and after I ate one I didn't really like it so I didn't continue to eat it and then I came home and a friend of mine just like told me and I was like oh well I'm really glad I didn't like it but oops I did eat a piece because I didn't know any better right because I wasn't expecting that in bread you know I, I think sometimes people get really hung up on that like I have, I have some friends that are vegan um you know and and I remember way back thinking, you know, just like, oh, I can't eat anything. I'm so, you know, and just that self-anger, you know, just I'm so mad at myself because I messed this up. And and I just, you know, I think we just have to be forgiving. You know, there are mm-hmm. going to be times when it just doesn't go the way that you want it to. But your next meal, you eat the way that you want to. And you, you know, you go have a big plate of strawberries when you, you know, accidentally got some chicken broth. Like, it's, it's not going to, you know, if you're eating the totality of the way that you eat is healthy and you're doing that and really your heart's in it and you're consistently at it, if things don't quite go the way that you wanted them to, it's not going to be the end of the world. You're still eating a healthier diet than 99.9% of people are. Absolutely. And I also like the point where you were saying about you just can't always expect it to go your way. And that kind of piggybacks on something else I'm always telling the members is that you can't expect every meal to be Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, sometimes your meal is going to be boring. It is going to be a salad and a baked potato or steamed vegetables or steamed rice. I'm not saying you have to eat that every meal of every day, but sometimes that is the reality. That's Or a plate of strawberries. That's just your reality at that exact moment. When I'm traveling, I just, I take what I can get. And sometimes it's great. I was like, obsessed with the street they sell like cooked sweet potatoes on the street in Vietnam I was obsessed with those I kept eating them by like the handful the man that sold them was like why does this chick keep coming back (laughs) like he was very confused by this American tourist but um absolutely yeah and sometimes those are my best meals like I've been in remote areas where I just go to the farmer's market and like put vegetables in my shirt and walk back to my hotel room with them and those are the best vegetables ever and I'm like that's totally fine but yeah it's all about I think like you said sort of changing that mindset and being forgiving and flexible and willing with yourself 
Yeah, it's important because if you, you know, if you go into it that this is all or nothing, you know, the first time that you're like, ah, oh, I messed up, it's really easy to, to give up. And that's, and that's, I think, the path that leads to bad health is when you just, you don't continue when you know you should. So I know you're going to Micronesia for Chinese New Year, which hasn't happened yet, and that's, I'm sure, is going to be absolutely amazing. What are some of the things that you're doing to prepare for that, for that trip? Well, checking out menus before I go, um, you know, looking at where I'm staying, and they're, you know, they have a, they have a pizza oven, so I know that I can get pizza without cheese. Um, Yum. And things like that. I, you know, just, I think checking out and, and doing research ahead of time, you know, like having apps on your phone, like Happy Cow where you can look and check and see, um, you know, what's, what's happening and, you know, what, what restaurants have to offer. And so the internet is great for that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. you can go ahead, you can look and plan and see, okay, what are the options that I'm going to have? And then, you know, knowing, do I have a refrigerator? Great. I've got, I've got a refrigerator. I can go grocery shopping. I mean, places always have fruits and vegetables, right. as you said. You know, do I love mangoes? Yes. Maybe I'll have mangoes for lunch one day if I can't <laughs> get something on the menu to work. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's that thinking ahead and not not coming into a situation unprepared for what the what the reality is. It's so funny. That's true anywhere you travel. <laughs> it said you've said mangoes for lunch because I was just talking to my friend Brian who actually did the documentary Forks Over Knives. I can't remember if it was Thailand he was just at. He was somewhere and he had a mango and was like, Lindsay, it was the best mango I had that I only ate mangoes. Like he willfully only ate mangoes <laughs> because apparently they were just so good. <laughs> he like couldn't help but have mangoes for his meals and that happens to me sometimes we're all I think this summer in France I was like obsessed with persimmons I was like shoving them in my mouth I couldn't get enough because I knew as soon as I left they would I would miss the season in America so that was it and I was I was on like a persimmon diet but it was fine I was happy I didn't feel deprived no you don't and you know when you find things like that I was in the Philippines a couple of years ago and the mangoes in the Philippines were amazing. And in fact, I went, you know, and I think part of it too is when you're going on a vacation somewhere, um, I, I did a boat trip in the Philippines and they had right on their website, yes, we accommodate for vegetarians. Oh. It's not as uncommon as you think. And so True. I had great vegetarian meals on this little boat in the middle of the <laughs> Philippines Sea. They were, it was great. And, you know, and it was abundant. And they, you know, they had a pantry full of vegetables on the front of the boat. And so you could sit there and you could see the vegetables sitting there. Wow. And would go and, it was great, you know, and so I think people sometimes don't realize that if you if you look for it, you, you can find it, or if you ask, you know, a lot of times people just don't ask if it's an option, and so you right. have, to, have to advocate for yourself when it comes to your food. I mean, ultimately, I'm the person that decides what I put in my mouth, and, you know, I, so it's important to, to advocate and to ask and to find out what the options are, and, and that's most times, and especially places where people travel to a lot. And, and so many cuisines in the world do have a big, a big, oh, yeah, absolutely. especially in Asia, Buddhists, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Hindu, Hindus and different things. And so, so it's very possible to find food that you can eat anywhere in the world. It's, it's just a matter of figuring it out and doing a little bit of advanced planning. Absolutely. And I love the point about being your own advocate. You really do have to just ask sometimes and you are your own advocate and you are, you know, taking care of yourself. But I agree with you. There are so many cuisines that just lend themselves to being plant based. Even in Europe, a lot of the true like cultural foods are 
plant-based or vegetarian because the peasants couldn't afford the expensive meat and dairy. And I, I find there really isn't a lot of places where it's totally foreign. And even in America, I find people are just willing to accommodate you. Even if they don't understand, they still want to help in some way. And like you said, in over in Asia, I couldn't believe how much was vegetarian. It was everywhere. And I think it was because of the strong percentage of people who are Buddhist. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just so many people who are, I mean, I went there going, no one's going to know what a vegetarian is. And every time I went anywhere, I saw vegetarian restaurants. I saw things for Buddhists. I went on a couple, like you said, these little boat cruises or these little bus tours, like small, really independent stuff. And they're like, raise your hand if you're a vegetarian. And it's like, what? Okay. Like, yes, please. Yeah. And I'm like, the first time it happened, I was like, am I going to get made fun of? Like, <laughs> happening but no it was and I was never the only one ever and it wasn't just like oh me and my husband there were always other people on the tours that were vegetarian too and so it was like really exciting to see yeah it is and it's so doable I mean yeah or Thailand you know or places where you just go and you're like this is heaven there's so much food here that I can eat and so I think it's just that mindset of you know, let me see what I can do here and let me let me see what the culture's like. And the more you dig into the culture, the more you'll find, yeah, there's food here that I can eat and it's fantastic. So I so, hmm, there was a weird little ping. So I a- asked oh <laughs> so I asked a bunch of our members from the meal plans if they wanted to ask you questions because it was really exciting to talk to someone who lives in such a different place than all of us and one of the questions was how do you manage social events in china well you know i think it's knowing ahead of time what's going to be there um you know a lot of times if i'm going somewhere and i know that the food isn't going to be something that that i want to eat i'll eat before i go and just have you know a a club soda while i'm there Mm -hmm. um or you know i can a lot of times there's vegetable trays and so i'll eat the eat the carrots and the the celery you know and avoid the tzatziki sauce um many of the many of the things that i go to are, are work related and so usually there's a vegetarian option um when I go to things, but like if I'm not sure what's going to be happening, I just plan on okay, I'm going to make sure that I eat before I go. You can still have fun without you know eating a plate of something that's not healthy and that you don't want to put in your mouth. Um, so it's you know, and maybe that's just sometimes that's just the trade off that you make. But I think that's true at home as well. Maybe. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when I go to weddings, I plan to not eat, and sometimes I like you said there are a plate of like raw vegetables that are really intended for like some ranch dip, but I can just eat the vegetables, and that's fine. But I always like you're, you said, you know, plan ahead. I think that's true everywhere. It's all about just kind of planning and putting yourself in the best possible scenario. Obviously, things don't always go according to plan. And sometimes even with the best intention, things still go wrong. But I think setting yourself up, like you said, being that advocate for yourself is sort of the main focus. Absolutely. Yeah. One other question that we got to was, I guess this is more about the uh, people, uh, your fellow <laughs> neighbors and so forth is linda said is the staple still rice and with more fast food restaurants popping up you know i know mcdonald's and such are expanding out there are overweight issues becoming more common like in the united states absolutely um you know it's interesting in the apartment building that i live in on the one end is a mcdonald's on the back side last the couple of weeks ago they just opened up a starbucks um and i live in a pretty affluent neighborhood and I see so much junk food. Um, it's it's crazy. And I see what there's so much packaged food and processed food and just junk that people eat. And, and I'm seeing more and more overweight people as, you know, as people eat 
things that aren't good for them. And so it's it's really interesting. And I, I found the same thing in Dubai as well. I, if you know much about the UAE, um, they have one of the highest percentages of obesity in the world because there's so much convenience food. And so it's it's plain to me that there's such a correlation between convenience food and unhealth. And, and it's definitely something that you're seeing more and more here because China is moving away from the, the traditional markets. And you know if you think about the China study, how people in the past used to flavor things with meat, but meat wasn't an option. And so mm -hmm. I, think, I think that the, as China has become more and more affluent um, and more convenience food has appeared, that, that people are struggling with the same issues that we face anywhere in the world where you have those problems. Yeah, it's been interesting for me too. I always spend part of my year in Europe, and I remember when I first started going, I guess it was probably six or seven years ago now, I definitely saw things like um, McDonald's or Burger King or Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like, I saw them, and sometimes they were really advertising them, like, oh, you know, you'd come out of the subway to be like, the nearest McDonald's is 40 meters. And, um, and that kind of made me laugh. But then I've watched more and more of them pop up. And it's interesting because I've noticed while some of the older people don't seem to have changed, a lot of the younger generations I've watched seem to get a little bit more... Um, curvaceous. Uh, and I have to wonder if it's the older generations, because they didn't grow up with it, they don't really eat it very often, or they, it's not appealing to them, or it's just not like a lifestyle thing. But now with the younger people, the teenagers and the, you know, 20-somethings, it is, you know, like cool and trendy, or it's just something that's been around their whole life. And maybe that's why it's, and so they're frequenting it more than um, maybe older people. So like my friend's parents, you know, they don't go to McDonald's. They just, it's like they're, they're French and they're like, what, why would I do that? I would rather go to a restaurant, like a real one, not an American fast food place. Yet their kids who are like 14 or 15 are like, I love McDonald's. Right. Yeah. You see the, you know, you see teenagers go into convenience stores and they have uh, just things that I can't even describe in vats of stuff that they, they'll buy and eat on sticks. And I'm like, that's gross. Yeah. You, just, you see so much of, you know, teenagers and, and convenience food and unhealthy eating. And it's it's a problem everywhere in the world. You know, it's it's nothing that's unique to to American culture. It's it's really everywhere. And I, and I think that's one of the issues facing the world is people need to understand that that what they eat has such an impact on on who they are. Absolutely. And I think it's just it's all changed too because this whole like the convenience thing has just it not that we've all become lazier but we've just sort of changed but especially with the internet we're expected to do like 10 times the work now in the same right. amount of time and so uh, as we're becoming more efficient in other ways the food doesn't seem to be benefiting us like the efficient food the convenience food doesn't seem to be if you know as helpful as maybe a computer is for our work and it just seems to be a very interesting balance that it, like you said almost everywhere you go nowadays um, whether it's, you know, in Asia or India or South America, it's especially when you start finding the individuals who are either very, very poor or are more affluent middle class, they're relying on all of these kind of junky things and they're just available to them now. And they weren't maybe available five or 10 and they definitely weren't available 25 years ago. Um, right. Not in the droves that they are now. I couldn't believe when I was in Asia how many places had 7-Elevens. And while the 7-Elevens are different than here they still were like loaded up with potato chips and uh, and you know 
various forms of Asian junk food. Like I saw green tea Kit Kat bars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> which are everywhere. But one thing I have to say though, that I did like is that there was brown rice milk and soy milk at all, <laughs> all of the 7-Elevens, which I bought a plenty, but yeah, it was. And it was still like sodas and all these, like, like you said, these weird fried things on a stick, which I don't even know what they were, but I was like, what? no, don't eat that. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's mind-boggling sometimes the things that the people eat and uh you know just it's one it's interesting talking about convenience stores within a a two-minute walk of my apartment there are probably five convenience stores i mean it's it's everywhere and so you know it's it's once again i think it just all comes down to making choices am i going to do what's convenient or am i going to do what is healthy and you know and a lot of times those can be the same um you know i can there's also within a two-minute walk of my house three fruit markets. And so I can go and get a banana anytime I want. Um, and so it's really making that choice of, do I want to eat that green tea Kit Kat or whatever they're having? <laughs> and, you know, and more and more I'm choosing that banana, which is wonderful. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. I do. I think, like you said, you can make it work for you in both ways. And it's just as fast for me to go to the grocery store as it is for me to go to the gas station. So that's a really great point. I unfortunately can't walk to either. I wish I could, but they are about the same driving distance. It's true. Well, and, you know, and I think about just when I go home in the summer, the the abundance in the produce department in grocery stores in the States blows my mind. There's not just one kind of apples. There's 17 kinds of apples. Right. It's, it's You're so spoiled for choice. And, you know, and I, I think if people open their eyes to really the abundance that exists, um, all over the world, but especially, you know, if you're, if you're in Kentucky, cause my, my family's in, uh, my parents are in Tennessee and my sister's in Kentucky. I've been there. You can make it work there. It's, it's doable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. If you just look at the produce section, there's just so many things. I think it's what, what we were talking about earlier is people think they don't have access to the convenience foods, the junk foods. And, um, that's true. There are a lot of places where you cannot get those things, such as where you are in China or even here in the United States. But, any place in the U.S. or even the world has fruits and vegetables and legumes and grains, and you can yep. make a meal from those. That's the difference. Isn't that there's a lack of convenience? It's just a lack of um, prepackaged. Right, and that's really what it boils down to. The worst thing I know that ever happened to me when I lived in the Caribbean is when things would sell out, like, or we would get storms and the planes can come in. So I remember there was like three months I didn't have carrots. And there was like two months that I didn't have canned beans. Um, and I know you recently went through something with soy milk, right? I know. I've been, The store that I go to has not had the soy milk that I like. And so I've been I've been ordering it online. Um, fortunately, in China, we have this wonderful thing called Taobao, which is a lot like Amazon or eBay. And so I ordered my soy milk on Taobao. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for the internet save. Yeah, yeah I-, I know. I never ran out of that, thankfully, because I think I was the only one on the whole island buying the sweet milk, but um, not having the carrots, I didn't realize how much I ate carrots until I didn't have them, but at the same time, it was the, it forced me to try some other vegetables with regularity. That's right, and that's not a bad thing. No. Well, this has been so much fun, Jenny. Do you have any other comments or tips or suggestions about making it work for people who are listening? You know, I think the biggest one is just it's stick with it. Um, you know, there's always, as I said, there's always going to be bumps in the road, but there, it's it's you can work around things if if your desire is there and if your heart is in it, you can make it work. And so just just stick with it and 
be forgiving. And that those are probably the biggest pieces of advice that I can give. Oh, that was amazing. Really amazing. And you're so inspiring all the places you've lived and making it work. And I can't wait to hear about your trip to Micronesia. And if you want to learn more about the meal plans, which Jenny is following in China, you can visit getmealplans.com. Thanks, everyone.